Hello, and welcome to Cherry Beckert's podcast for real estate and construction, where we discuss developing trends and market dynamics, as well as tax and accounting tips that may impact you. Today, we are discussing what you, an investor that has had some luck in the market or selling a business, can do to save tax dollars. People have heard of opportunity zones at a high level and know there's some kind of tax play, but are unsure of what this means and how it impacts them. Our four-part series explores the Opportunity Zone program, and today's focus is on the gains that are eligible for this program and the timing of the investment. I'm Catherine Baisley, a self-proclaimed tax nerd who happens to be a tax partner in Cherry Beckert's Atlanta office with 20-plus years of experience in the real estate arena. My co-host is Mike Elliott, a director in our Tampa office. Mike, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, thanks, Catherine. I, I've been practicing in the area of federal partnership taxation for 25 years, mostly in the real estate industry like you, but my role now includes all industries as I'm the lead internal partnership technical resource for the firm. Okay, well, let's dive right in. As tax professionals, the most common question that we get is, how can I save money on my taxes? With the introduction of the Opportunity Zone program, there is a new avenue for investors to defer and reduce taxes. As an investor, when should I consider an Opportunity Zone investment? That's an excellent question. So first, it's probably best to think about uh, what the purpose of this program was. It was created by the government uh, as part of tax reform. And the whole point was to attract investment from the private uh, from the private sector. So when they created this program, uh, the perception was that there was a bunch of wealthy investors that, that had large unrealized capital gains in, in the market. Um, they were hesitant to sell their, because of the tax ramifications. So in order to... In order to um, Encourage those people to uh, to maybe redeploy the money from the from the market into the, into some of these areas as an alternative investment. Um, and the idea was to try and help these areas that were struggling that uh, haven't really recovered. Um, what they what they did was they created all these tax benefits to uh, to give people an incentive to invest in the program. So it helps mitigate that tax burden by allowing those folks to defer recognition of those gains until 2026, and potentially they can have up to 15% of those original gains excluded permanently. So if you sold stock or you sold assets from a business and that resulted in a significant capital gain, or if you're thinking about doing so, then you can defer that gain until 2026 simply by rolling over the gain portion of your proceeds into a qualified opportunity fund. And uh, we use the acronym QUAF to refer to a qualified opportunity fund. Ideally, if, if you want to take full advantage of the tax benefits available, you'd want to have at least a 10-year investment horizon. And so to the extent that you sold your investment in the QUAF, um, if you held it for at least 10 years, then there'd be no gain to be recognized on the ultimate sale. Okay. Uh, what gains qualify for OZ? Can you give us a high-level overview? And then I'd like to toss out a few examples, and you can let me know whether or not it qualifies. Sure. So uh, to your question, any capital gain qualifies. So it doesn't really matter whether it's short-term or long-term or the amount of the gain. Uh, and also, any gain on the sale of business property would qualify. So... Uh, if you sold stock and, or if you sold assets from a business and that resulted in a capital gain, you could defer that gain until 2026 by rolling over the gain portion of your proceeds into a cloth. Okay, so if I got incredibly lucky and invested $100,000 in penny stock and seven days later it's worth $2 million, would that gain qualify? Absolutely. I mean, so you have a $1.9 million gain there and it doesn't matter... Uh, how high the gain was or or, um, or the fact that it's short-term, that gain would certainly qualify. You could roll over that entire $1.9 million gain into the program and get the benefits. Cool. Okay, how about 
if I was the founder of a startup company and a private equity group came in and bought me out either in full or even a partial exit? Would that qualify? Well, assuming that the gain is capital in nature, that would certainly qualify. So you could reinvest the gain portion of your proceeds into a class. Okay, one other example. I'm on a roll here with my investments. How about if some friends and I start a partnership and that partnership invests in real estate or businesses that we think may do well and the real estate held by that partnership is sold? Would that gain qualify? Yep. If the, if the assets were sold in the game, the, the business, well, you have a couple of choices there. Either the partnership can then uh, take the uh, the game portion of the proceeds and reinvest that into a cloth, and then the partnership itself would become a cloth investor and get all the tax benefits. And um, But if it doesn't do that, if, if it doesn't reinvest it and distributes it to you instead, you just get your share of the proceeds from the partnership, you can then take your, your share of the gain and you can reinvest that in a cloth. Well, that's fantastic. If only I were such a lucky investor. Um, I have heard that timing is a very important aspect of the Opportunity Zone program. Can you explain a bit about what timing I need to consider? Well, absolutely. And I think you just hit it. I mean, timing is very important. So the thing to keep in mind is if you're an investor with, with a gain on the sale of something that you held directly, you can get the special benefits of the OS program by, by simply by rolling over the gain portion of the proceeds within the 180-day period that, that begins on the date of the transaction. So 180 days is an important measure that you have to keep in mind. Um, that's if you sell something directly. So if you're an investor in, in a pass-through entity, so in your example, in a partnership that sold real estate, and if you have an, uh, an allocable share of gain from the sale transaction of the pass-through entity, um, but the pass-through entity just gives you your share of the proceeds rather than rolling it over directly, uh, then you have a more flexibility in a situation like that. Now, by default, under the law, your 180-day period begins on the last day of the partnership's pass-through uh, or the pass-through entity's tax year. So it doesn't matter when during the year the partnership sold the asset, your 180-day clock by default starts on December 31st of that year. Um, alternatively, you can have your 180-day period start on the same date that the pass-through entity's clock starts. So if the pass-through entity sold something on June 1st of 2019, you can elect to have your, your 180-day period for that game start on June 1st. You don't have to wait until December 31st. You can actually start on June 1st, and then that would give you 180 days from that date in which to reinvest. Or you could wait until the end of the year and start it then. And now the other thing, too, is that uh, there's a new alternative that um, and, and this is, a, they were keeping past their investors in mind. Sometimes you're in a, a partner and you don't even know that there's a, that you have a gain. You wind up getting your K1 with a big gain on it and you're, you're caught off, off guard. What you can basically do is you can elect to have your, uh, 180 day period start on the, uh, the due date of the partnership's tax return. So that generally is going to be Mar uh, March 15th. So, uh, March 15th of the following year. So that could potentially give you a 180 day period starting on March 15th of 2020 and ending on uh, September 15th of 2020. That, that's going to give you um, well beyond the, the, uh, the 2019 year when you had the gain. Okay, those are a lot of options. So for our listeners that don't speak tax as a second language, what are some key thoughts or phrases that they should keep in mind? Well, I mean, I think we hit on it on the first one, which is the most important, is timing. Uh, remember, the gain has to be rolled over within that applicable 180-day period. 
and the investor has to elect to defer that gain on their tax return for the year in which it was realized in order to be eligible for the tax benefits of the program on that investment. So, um, and any amounts that are invested in the OZ program after 2026 are not going to qualify for the tax benefits. So the program came into being in, in the beginning of 2018. They wanted to get all the money invested in the program by the end of 2026. So if you wait until after 2026, you're too late for the benefits. So, um, and the second thing I think that's real important is the holding period. You have to keep that in mind. Now, under the law, the original gain is only going to be deferred until 2026. And on December 31st of 2026, that's a magical date under this program, um, every investor that, that elected to defer their gain has to recognize it as sales proceeds on that date. So, um, but there's a couple of other benefits that are written into the law as well. And um, if you've held your investment in the cloth for at least five years, uh, when you ultimately recognize that gain, then you can permanently eliminate 10% of the original gain. Uh, and if you had it for at least seven years, then another five, an additional 5% of the original gain can be eliminated. So um, you have to keep something in mind. If you, uh, if you actually wanted to take advantage of the seven-year holding period, you would have had to have your money invested uh, by December 31st of 2019. That's the only way you're going to get that seven-year hold period as of December 31st, 2026. So uh, if you if you waited to invest in, in a cloth in, um, until after 2019, then the maximum you're going to be able to get is that 10% permanent reduction for getting for a high, uh, five-year hold. You, won't meet, you actually won't meet the requirement for the seven-year holding period. And, and then finally, only the equity in the cloth that's been held for at least 10 years is going to qualify for the permanent gain exclusion when the investment is ultimately sold. So you have to have at least a 10-year um, time horizon for the investment in order to be able to take full advantage of this program. Well, this is a lot of super helpful information. Uh, stay tuned, everyone, for our next podcast, which will be released in the next couple of weeks, where Mark and Shannon will talk with us about key inclusion events. We look forward to having you listen in again. In the meantime, if you have any questions or need further information, please visit us at cdh.com. Thank you.